0: You're listening to the Grace Covenant East Lincoln Audio Podcast. Turn in your Bibles, if you would, to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 23, as we continue in our series called Unstuck. Um, As you're turning there, how many of you this morning um, are like me? Every single Sunday, you start worship with a cup of coffee. Just begin praising God for Sanka. I'm checking your age, man. I wanted to see millennial reaction. Okay, 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 okay. I prefer Cabela's myself. I, one of my favorite spots in town is Cabela's and their coffee down there. I um I stopped by there earlier this week. And I hadn't been there for some time. How many of you guys have been in there lately, Cabela's area? Well, they had repaved the parking lot. They repaved it. And there was two entrances and exits to get in there before. And so I pulled into one of them. And as I, was, as I was leaving, I realized that they changed things up. That now they actually have an exit and an entrance. And so I'm leaving out going through what is now the entrance. So let me ask a question. I want to see how you guys. How many of you would stop, reverse, and then go to the exit. How many would do that? Yeah, you're sick. I, I didn't, I didn't do that. I, I, that's what you call a high J. How many of you guys have ever taken a personality test before? Like the Myers-Briggs test. We, we, we've taken that at our, um, church and, and on our staff. And basically it's a little personality test. And there's those individuals who are really into rules and into order. They're called high J's. How many of you think you may be a high J in here? Okay, I'm going I'm to test you. This may give you an indication as to whether or not you're a high J. How many of you go to the grocery store and you're in the fast lane, 10 items or less, and the person in front of you has 11, and yes, you've counted twice. And because they have 11, you're like so ready to call the manager. How many of you, you might be a high Hi, Jay. How many of you have your, your, your mattress at home and the tag that says do not remove is still on it? <laughs> hi, Jay. You could totally be a hi, Jay. How many of you at school or at work? Um, there's a presentation going on and there's people having sidebar conversations and your blood boils and you want to throw something at them because they're supposed to be listening for the love. They're suppo- How many of you get high J people? Bunch of high J people. Listen, high J people are important. They're good. Um, the rest of us would be in so much trouble without them. I've promise you. Case in point, I was so blessed one year. I got to go to the Great Wall of China. And dude, it was so cool. You're walking along this 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 Great Wall of China. It's beautiful. And then there's a certain section where they didn't want you to pass. And it had a big red hand. And then it said something in Chinese. Now, everybody else kind of knew what that meant. It meant stop, right? In my translation, it meant, I dare you. <laughs> thankfully i was with a high j right because i started to walk past it and they're like no you cannot do that and then there's this guy with an ak-47 so praise god for high j's high j's are awesome high j's are also awesome within the church high j's are also awesome within the church people who love structure People who love rules. I love high J's that are within the church. You know why? Because they keep us on point for the mission that God has called us to carry out. Some of us have this 5,000 foot view of things and, and we would run after this idea and that idea and this other idea. High J's help keep us stable. High J's are life giving within the church. High J's add structure to the church. Legalists never do. There's a major difference between a high J, which is a gift, and a legalist, which is a curse. Where the high J breathes life into the church, the legalist only breathes death. Where the high J brings structure, the legalist brings chaos. Because the legalist causes the individuals around them, not only just in their life, but the individuals around them to take their eyes off God and put it on them by burdening people with things God never called us to be burdened with. One of the greatest things about our relationship with Jesus Christ is this, is that he has come to set us free. That we have been given a life that is free, God has come to unshackle us from the bondage of legalism, from the bondage of sin, from the bondage of death. And he has come to speak life into us, not bondage into us. And the legalist, in their heart, what they would do is cause you to become strapped down again, bound to man-made rules. How many of you know it can happen so easily in a church, right? Legalism can take over in our lives, and therefore it can take over in the church. How many of you ever grew up in a church like like this where where you, you there was no it was a sin to go dancing? Anybody like that? Yeah, makes me just want to dance, just you know just thinking about it. How, how many of you ever grew up in a church like going to a movie was a sin, right? How many of you, if you were ever caught dead sitting in a bar, you probably wouldn't got thrown out of the out of the church, right? Even though I wonder where Jesus was sitting. How many of you would get thrown out of the church if they caught you talking to a prostitute? Your wife would throw you out. I know that. I'm I'm talking about the church. I'm talking about the church. I wonder who Jesus was talking to. The legalist adds rules that would snuff out life, but the Holy Spirit would breathe life into each of us. This morning, we want to talk about the dangers of legalism, because sometimes we get stuck in something that God has never called us to be stuck in. It's interesting, you follow along in your notes, that Jesus' harshest words recorded in Scripture were not for rebels. Rebels. They were not for sinners. They were not for prostitutes. But for the religious people of his day. Those who thought they had their act all together. It was those individuals that Jesus shone the light of hypocrisy upon them. Those that would try to weigh people down time and time again. On things that God had never intended for them to be um, dealing with and, and going through. Religion is a system of beliefs or a code of moral conduct that judges a person based on their adherence to certain codes, rules, laws, traditions, or the performance of required acts. How many of you know that sounds dead? How many of you know that sounds dead? A relationship with Jesus Christ was meant to be something that brought life. And there's a huge difference between being religious and legalist a legalistic, and being a Christian. Let me, give you some, let me give you some of the differences. Religion is a man trying to reach up to God. Christianity is all about God reaching down to man. Religion is what man has to do to be right with God. Christianity is about what God has already done to provide the way that man can be right with Him. Religion is about effort. And Christianity is all about grace. It's fascinating if you look at any religion in the world, any religion in the world, it's all about you having to earn it. Work hard enough. Prove yourself. If you do enough of these and this and the other, then maybe you will earn favor with God and you'll be able to spend eternity in heaven. Jesus says that I have earned it. By my coming, by my death, by my resurrection, I have made you justified. You can't earn it no more. That's wild. Think about that for a second. It's wild that when God looks at you today, if you have faith in Jesus Christ, what he sees is holiness. What he sees is sainthood. What he sees is as, as someone who doesn't have to earn it because he already has. Can I ask you? Do you see yourself that way? Do you see yourself that way? And it's an important question if you see yourself that way. Because if you don't see yourself that way, you can become a victim of legalism. Because what you do is you don't see yourself the way that God sees you. So obviously there must be more that you have to do. So now you begin to earn it. And you begin listening to other people who tell you how to earn it. When God has said, I have earned it. My death has earned it. My resurrection has earned it. But if you don't see yourself how God sees you, you're setting yourself up for danger. You're setting yourself to take the shackles which have been ripped off and reestablishing them in your life. And I believe what the Holy Spirit would say to each and every single one of us this morning is, son, why are you doing that? Daughter, why are you doing that? I have set you free, and whom I have set free, they're free indeed. But The enemy, through that cancer called legalism, would try to put you under bondage again and see yourself as less than. Telling you, you better earn it. (laughs) It's amazing. Jesus gave us two commandments. Two. How many of you can take a stab at What, what it was? Yeah. With and the second? Isn't that crazy? Where there's sometimes these long lists that pastors or churches or religious scholars, as they would call themselves, put just list after list, rule after rule, Jesus gives us two. Love The Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength, and then love your neighbor as yourself. What's fascinating is the Pharisees, the legalists of those times, you know how many more they added to the commandments? 613. 613 additional rules to how you had to follow God. And the people bought it hook, line, and sinker. And so when Jesus comes to these Pharisees, when he comes to these legalists, he goes off. I mean, he just goes off. How many of you know that, that God gets mad? Hello? And, and, and I would say, you know, I, 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 I'm just a small town kid from Kohala, Hawaii. What do I know? But if God got mad, I want to listen. Right? And how many of you know, like, like even in your own homes, you, you, you've got kids. If you got kids, and, and, and mom just gets mad, but then when dad comes in and he gets mad, how many of you know it changes the kid real quick, right? They're like, "Mom, I'm not gonna die," <laughs> right? They're freaked out. They turn Italian. I don't know why they they turn Italian. <laughs> Papa's mad. Um, there's something about that authority. And so when when, when God gets mad about something. I would say it's wise for us to listen. And and Jesus goes off in chapter 23 of Matthew when he addresses the legalist. I want us to check that out this morning and hear what he has to say to them. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to the disciples, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. So you must be careful to do everything they tell you, but do not do what they do, for they do not practice what they preach. Now, let's get something clear real quick. Jesus wasn't saying, don't follow the, the commandments. In fact, the Bible tells us that Jesus said, I've not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. And the way that it was fulfilled is coming back to those two commandments that he gave us. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. You see, because if I'm doing that, everything else falls into place. All these other rules that we have, like, and there are some rules, right? How many of you read other places in the Bible where it says, hey, don't lie? What does your Bible say? <laughs> I found places where it says, "You know, hey, don't lie. Here's the cool thing. If I'm loving my neighbor as myself, I don't have to worry about me falling into the, the the having the character of lying because if I love my neighbor as myself, I don't want to get lied to, therefore it's gonna take care of itself. You following me? I don't have to worry about adultery. You know why? Because if I'm loving my wife as Christ loved the church, if I'm loving God with all my heart, all my soul, all my strength, all my, my all of it, right? Then I am not going to objectify God's creation. Therefore, the adultery takes care of How many of you know what I'm talking about? So as I'm chasing after Jesus' two commandments, everything else takes care of itself. So he didn't come to abolish it. Actually, he came to fulfill it. And the power of the Holy Spirit causing us and allowing us and enabling us to chase after Jesus with all of our hearts and all of our souls, all of our minds, all of our strength, takes care of the rest of it. So he says, hey, I'm not telling you not to do what they do, but I'm telling you, don't be like they are. Starting in verse 4, they tie up heavy, cumbersome loads and put them on other people's shoulders. But they themselves are not willing to lift a finger and move them. 613 loads. Everything they do is done for people to see. They make their phylacteries wide and the tassels on their garments long. They love the place of honor at banquets and most important, seats in the synagogues. They love to be greeted with respect in the marketplace and to be called rabbi by others. Legalism will always point the glory to the person and never the glory to God. That's what the legalist does. The legalist shines the light on who they are rather than who God is. It says, but you are not to be called rabbi, For you have one teacher, and you are all brothers. And don't call anyone on earth father, for you have one father, and he is in heaven. Nor are you to be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Messiah. The greatest among you will be your servants, for those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. And you yourselves do not enter, nor will you let those enter who are trying to. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You travel over land and sea to win a single convert. And when you have succeeded, you make them twice as much a child of hell as you are. Woe to you, blind guides. You say, if anyone swears by the temple, it means nothing. But anyone who swears by the goal of the temple is bound by that oath. You blind fools, which is greater, the gold or the temple that makes the gold sacred? You also say, if anyone swears by the altar, it means nothing. But anyone who swears by the gift on the the altar is bound by that oath. You blind men, which is greater, the gift of the altar that makes the gift sacred? Or the gift of the altar that (laughs) makes... I'm going to get Pentecostal speaking in tongues there, sorry. You blind men! Which is greater, the gift or the altar that makes the gift sacred? Therefore, anyone who swears by the altar swears by it and by everything on it. And anyone who swears by the temple swears by it and by the one who dwells in it. And anyone who swears by heaven swears by God's throne. And by the... you know what Jesus is saying? Let your yes be yes. Stop being a hypocrite. See, this is what legalism will do. Sometimes it will it'll it'll find a caveat in which to twist things for their own benefit. And Jesus is saying, let your yes be yes. If you swear by something, you swear by something. It goes back to the whole thing of of loving your neighbor as yourself. You're not trying to swindle them out. It says, woe to you, teachers of the law, you Pharisees, you hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former, you blind guides. You strain out a gnat, but you swallow a camel. woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside are full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside also will be clean. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You were like whitewashed tombs. Listen to this. You look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside, you're full of the bones of the dead and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside, you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside, you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. How many of you would have perked up and listened if you had been called a hypocrite that many times by Jesus? Do you, do you see how Jesus is not playing around with legalism? Do you see how seriously he's taking it? He says, You look good outside. And you come to Sunday in your Sunday best. You even brush your hair. You look good. You say the right words. But where's your heart? Is your heart for me? Is your heart for a list of do's and don'ts? Is it religion or is it relationship that you're chasing after? Legalism, listen to me, legalism will choke you out. It's just a matter of time. Some of us have lived lives of legalism. And my hope this morning would be this. That the Holy Spirit would speak freedom to you. That you begin to live in freedom. Because you were meant for freedom. And I may put it to you this way too. Let Let me say this. On behalf of other pastors. I know that there are those who have abused their position that God has given them. And they have added rules to your life in order to control. I know that there are some that have done that. Never put a pastor on an altar. Don't do that. Chuck Swindoll said this, that that, that an altar is made for the busts of men who are dead and gone. (laughs) Love that line. Here's here's, here's what's on the altar. Follow this. Check the words of those who had preached to you. Check the words of those who would teach you and measure it against this. And if it doesn't add up, um, you've got some serious praying to do. Because those who would try to control you with added rules and added lists, you know what that is dangerously close to being? It's called a cult. It's called a cult. Kurt, would you pass the Kool-Aid, please, at this time? Rules and rules and rules and lists and lists. God's called you for freedom. Always always check. Are we okay with that? Do you understand what I'm saying? Always check. Always always check. So if if, if we find ourselves in a lifestyle of legalism, and it's so easy to fall into it, isn't it? It's so easy to become legalistic. Heck, it feels kind of good. Because when I'm, when, I'm, when I'm stepping into legalism, I'm saying, well, you got to do this, 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 and the other one. You know what I'm doing? I'm puffing myself up. I feel pretty good about all the stuff I'm doing. God said I'm impressed with the being. I'm impressed with you just being in my presence and chasing after me. So it it can happen in our lives. And if you found yourself living a life of legalism, a a life of judgmentalism over others, um, here's some some things that we can tell where you might be there. Number one, write this down if you would. It's, It's a lot of talk and very little walk. Big talk, but no walk. In verse 2, it says, The teachers of the religious law and the Pharisees are the official interpreters of the law of Moses. So practice and obey what they tell you, but don't follow the example. There's talk, but there's no walk behind it. And then what was the word that Jesus used over and over and over and over for the legalist? What was that? Hypocrites. You hypocrites. You hypocrites. reminds me of the second grade teacher. She got a phone call from a mom who was really, really upset because her daughter's towel had gotten lost on a field trip. And the second grade teacher is trying to calm the mom down and said, well, can you just describe to us what the towel looked like? And she says, yes, it's white, and it says Holiday Inn. It's." <laughs> I, I hate it when I look at my life and I see any sense of hypocrisy in it don't you when 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 you sit back and you, and you i mean you really evaluate your heart I, that's a tough one to do right when you really okay i'm saying these things but am i living these things huh. you know when that really stinks it's when you're a dad when you're teaching your kids and you're teaching your kids and you're telling your kids And this is what I found. Some of the things that I get most mad at my kids is because those are the things that I'm doing. Right? The thing I get most aggravated about my kids is because that's the very thing I'm doing. Like sliding down the stairs? No, not not that necessarily. But you know, I I found that to be true, that the thing that gets me most upset is the thing that I'm doing, and and it's because I so desperately don't want to be a hypocrite. So I, I, I get upset, I get tense about it. So what do you do when you find yourself potentially, inadvertently, and sadly being hypocritical? What do you do? What do you do with that? You praise God with all your heart for this radical thing called grace. You recognize. You become broken over it. And then you relish the grace that's poured out over your life. Here's what you don't do. Don't go back trying to earn it. Get up. That's what you do. You get up. The Christian was never meant to be laying on his back on the mat in the middle of a fight. You get up. Over and over and over and over again. When you get hit... You get back up. Grace allows you to get off the canvas. Grace compels you to get off the canvas. Legalism, you know what legalism will do? It'll continue to make you feel like a loser. Legalism will continue to say, you'll never get this right. Stay down. (laughs) How many of you grew up on Rocky Films? They were so realistic. And so I grew up on those. That was such a joke. I can't believe anybody, Rocky, realistic. Is anybody in need of coffee this morning? (laughs) What did Rocky continuously do? Huh? He got up over and over and over again. That's what the Christian does. When you fall short of the glory of God, you... You get up. But you never know what you know what you never are? A loser. You're never losing because you're a child of the king. Grace has come, but you just get back up. Number two, write this down. This is what you do. Is that, or be careful of youth is how you can tell you're um possibly getting stuck in, in legalism, is that you find that there's an elevation of rules over relationship your 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 experience with god is a set of rules instead of experiencing his heart number 3 write this down it's a high value on appearance and not not heart transformation it's all a show it's all what's on the outside it's it's never what's on the inside I love I love when it comes to the, the the rules that we've been called to live under. Now, how many of you know this that, that the law was written for the Jewish people? Okay, the law was written for the Jewish people. We, unless you're Jewish in here, we are called Gentiles. Those those are people that are that are not Jewish. And so and so when Gentiles began to start believing in Jesus, they're like, well, what do we do? What kind of rules do we have them live out? So Jesus had two rules, and they actually had to have this like convention, this conference over what do we do now with these Gentile believers? You want to hear what the rules were? Check this out. It says, "For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay no greater burden on you than these few requirements. You must abstain from eating foods offered to idols, from consuming blood, from the meat of, or or the meat of strangled animals." And free from sexual immorality. And here comes the most crazy line afterwards. If you do this, you're doing well. Isn't that crazy? Here's all that is expected of you. Put your faith in Jesus and stay away from these things. Doesn't that blow your mind? How many of you live that way? How many of you have laid rule after rule after rule after rule after rule? that never belonged in your life. How many of you have done that? I would tend to believe that most of us live underneath the heavy yoke of legalism rather than the joy of grace. And then we become captives again. Here's this one church, true, true story. Some, a friend of mine was telling me this. because um, I want you to understand the danger, danger of legalism is that it often sounds or masks itself as sounding wise when it's not. It's just legalism. There was this church in Tennessee, and um, how many remember that season in, in Christianity when it wasn't called dating, it was called courting? So they had a courting procedure. And this is what it was, is that if you're from the church and you wanted to go on a date, you drove separate cars to a mentor's house, you checked in with the mentor. You wrote down everything that you were going to do. You drove separate cars back out to wherever it was that you were going. You did those things. Then you drove back to the mentor's house and you had a debrief. If you didn't follow those lines, those rules, then you were not part of the church. And it sounded like to some, well, that's a lot of wisdom. You're protecting yourself from you know, getting yourself in a bad situation. It's legalism is what that is. It's legalism. I believe in completely walking in wisdom. Don't put yourself in a position where you're going to fail, right? Don't just but to say that I can't be part of a church if, unless I do this this and that. It's sad. Deep wounds are still felt in the church today because people being controlled by man-made rules. God has called you to freedom. Don't you ever, ever exchange your freedom for chains again. Number four, write this down. I'm going to get you out of here. It also gives those who are legalistic a false sense of spiritual security. Hear these words. What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees? Hypocrites. For you shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. You won't get in yourselves, and you don't let others enter either. How sobering was that? Matthew chapter 15 would go on to say this, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is a farce, for they teach man-made ideas as commands from God. Jesus would say this, many will say on that day, Lord, Lord, didn't we do this, didn't we do that, didn't we do the other? And he'll say, away from me, I never knew you. That I never knew you. Let me ask you a question this morning, because it is so important. It's the most important question you'll really ever ask yourself. Are you playing religion, or are you in love with Jesus because they're not the same. They're, they're not the same. And we could be following just rules and lists of rules and all of that for years and years and years and still never come to touch the heart of the Father. What's required to touch the heart of the Father were the two things that Jesus told us. Love the Lord your God. All your heart, all your soul, all your strength, all your mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you're doing that, then you're not playing church. And I would say this, continue to run the good race. Run it. But if you're living underneath the weight, the burden of rules, can I tell you this? Life was never meant to be lived that way. Jesus said it and I'll say it again. I have come that you might have life and life to the full. Does grace mean that, well, since Jesus told me there's only these two things, then I can go sin and do whatever I want? Is that what we're talking about here? Are you allowed to go out the entrance at Cabela's? Thank you. Thank you. Paul would say it this way, should I sin more so that grace can abound? Does does this give me license? This doesn't chase the heart of the Father, does it? Close your eyes, please. I don't know if I've been able to Communicate as much as I would hope to today the importance of the difference between legalism and his love. Because legalism is something that is so insidious because it draws you from the heart of the Father away from a relationship of love draws you close to. And there may be people in here who have lived under bondage, just sheer ugly bondage, trying to do enough right stuff because you're living, living a life of legalism. You live a life, when you do that, you're always feeling guilty, always feeling shamed, always, always feeling like a less than. I think that's why Jesus so, so addressed it in amazingly harsh ways and in harsh terms. Because you're his child and he's called you to live free. So this morning, I want you just to spend just a quick minute with the Holy Spirit and evaluate. Let him speak to you. Are you living under legalism and are you projecting that onto others too are you taking the bondage of legalism applying it to yourself but then taking those chains and giving them to others as well are you living in the freedom the freedom that you have been given through him Holy Spirit this morning what I ask what I plead with you for is this that you would reveal to each and every single one of us all of my friends that are in here right now the why behind the what the why behind the what why are they doing what they're doing they'd be able to answer that clearly doing anything for you that's built out of other people's expectations for their lives unnecessary rules that have been given to them or are they are they following you because God you're irresistible and they love you passionately and personally oh Lord let that be for all of us let that be for all of us because then Lord we find freedom and man, we can't help but share that freedom. Let's go to real quick, ask you this question. I'm going to pray over certain individuals in here. If there's anybody in here that you find yourself just struggling with legalism, either that you've grown up in a legalistic society, a legalistic background, and it just seems to continuously resurface in you, or or you just you you, you just feel sh- just trapped by it, and you're. You're looking, longing to move from legalism into grace. If that's you, can you raise your hand? I'd just really love to pray over you this morning. If there's anybody in here, anybody in here? Anybody in here? Awesome. Awesome. Well, Lord, we thank you for grace, we thank you for the freedom that we have in you. Father, we thank you that the chains in our lives have been removed by the power of your Holy Spirit. We thank you, Father, that we have not been called to follow rules made by men. But Lord, we've been called to fall desperately in love with you. And then to love others afterwards, Lord. We thank you that grace has come and that grace has won. And all God's people said,